And gentlemen, good morning, or whatever the fuck the time is for you, but I want to say happy Thanksgiving. Sitting up here in my office tonight, I'm very glad to be back on and doing a podcast. I finally feel like I can take a breath and actually sit down and talk to you lovely folks. You know, I can't even begin to think what things I have left behind. You know, uh, just all the freaking changes that have been happening lately. Like, So... In a nutshell, um, we have made massive strides and we finally have come to a realization that there's no faucet that is going to turn off in this business. This business is the demand we're seeing right now that is freaking nonstop growing more and more is just going to continue to grow. You know, we thought that it was something like, you know, we'd have this newness, cool factor type of thing and really a lot of business then, but we haven't even started our marketing. We're still hitting our three year marks for, for, for business. You know, after three months of not being in the mainstream media, you would think that maybe it would wear off a little bit. And we've seen a dip in our weekday business, but the weekend business still carries it all right back to what the prior week was over and over. Now, that's not to say that there is, you know, more there for us, but, um, you know, we're, we're taking in a lot more than what we had expected at this point. So last week, I got a chance to fly with my one of my best friends, uh, Zach Bingham, my general manager of the facility. We flew to Orlando. And we went to this event called IAPA. So IAPA is this like entertainment international convention thing. And it's just for the really big entertainments. Like you think roller coasters or go-karts, inflatables, trampoline parks, virtual reality, arcades, anything that has those types of things, you, you can get stuff here. Animatronics and I mean, just anything. So we go to this, this big event and um, we learn a lot of things. We went to a lot of uh, focus group stuff, and we learned that, well, we're pretty freaking big, for one. Um, we're one of the larger family entertainment centers in the, in the world, from what I was running into with people. Um, but secondly, that we've got a lot to learn, um, which we knew. We knew that that was the case, but we didn't realize on the magnitude of what this is, is you know what else is out there and what people are doing. Um, so we went to some of these events and really expanded our knowledge on how we can be better as a company. And it gave us some really clear realization of what we need to be like, where, where we have some failures at. Um, and the number one issue was we realized that we don't have enough people, um, to achieve the results that we want to achieve. So we got a chance to discuss all that stuff. We spent about a week there. Um, we did see, uh, with the combat carding stuff, we saw about five companies doing something very similar, already releasing it. Um, which was a little bit disappointing to see, but uh, when we sat down and talked to them, we realized that they do not have a very good product, um, and it's going to make it pretty easy for us to be the the head of it. Um, the only people that seem to have any type of decent product have kind of an exclusivity thing um, with that one carding manufacturer, so uh, that leaves three of them for sure, three good high-quality Grand Prix-style go-karts uh, manufacturers on the table for our technology. Uh, which we met with two of the three specifically about it, and they were both very, they're, they're ready to adapt. <clears throat> um, we did get a chance, and now I'm going to jump back to the facility here. We did get a chance to test combat karting, and uh, we did have two carts that went on the track. They shot each other, confirmed hits, it slowed the cart down. Uh, things worked really well, and then we had some failures. Um, bottom line is, is a lot of our hard connections and stuff, they need some 
need some work. Our soldering connections, our physical connectors that we build and all that stuff, they were, we, we, we built them to the best of our expertise. And when I say we, I mean interns, people who have never done it before. Um, so we, uh, we, we're going to start working with manufacturing companies to create really good products here. Um, but we're not far off. We're hoping February 1st we're going to be able to do a release. Um, on top of that, we're talking about doing a 25,000 square foot expansion further into the mall where uh, we're going to add 16 lanes of foiling and archery tag, which, oh my God, archery tag is the best. So it's these arrows, you got a 28 pound recurve bow and you run around and you shoot these carbon arrows with these foam tips on it and you fuck your friends up. You can shoot them in the face with their masks on and stuff. And I mean, they actually hit you pretty hard. So um, you can shoot them a good 50 feet or so and still hit somebody like pretty good, <laughs> pretty good impact. Um, which is really impressive. So um, we're going to be bringing that into the facility. And the people that built that, we met at IAPA. And they had a chance to show us. Um, we were looking at, you know, how can we adapt their stuff. And um, so we were, they were giving us a more in-depth uh, in look at how, what they built. And we realized it was very similar to what we were building with uh, technology-wise and what they would need. Um, and the cool thing is, is these people, everybody in this industry is just the nicest people ever. They're just so freaking helpful. And so they were talking us through like, yeah, here's the things you're going to run into next. And here's who you can contact for it. So it was a really good conversation and a really good person to get to know. Um, so, you know, we feel like we're really going in the right direction there. The heads up display is working, um, but we still got to get those, the, uh, sender and receiver more permanently mounted, more professionally mounted. Um, Okay, so additional things. Uh, we did our kitchen expansion. So we opened up another 10 by 14 feet in the kitchen. We took out the conference room in my office. Um, that way we could move the fridge and freezers and kind of open up the kitchen a little bit because it was way too tight before and it was way too hot before. Um, so now that kind of frees some things up for us to change out our menu. So we're going to be doing a heavy focus on uh, pizzas, uh, pizzas and appetizers. That seems to be the core purchase of our customers. Um, and we just want to do it right. We want to do it you know, the high caliber way, which, oh my God, that sounds so freaking stupid that I just said that. But let me explain. So we want to have, uh, you know, when, when you're thinking of a restaurant, you have to create an identity. So create an identity. And that, that just goes for any business or really any person even. You create an identity for yourself. And that identity has to appeal to what your audience is, is that you're trying to attract. So if you're trying to be, you know, a C-suite executive, you need to appeal to a C-suite executive and try to attract their attention to get you in that direction. Uh, if you want to be a, uh, a baker, uh, you know, I do a cupcake, cupcake shop, you have to appeal to people who like sweets and you have to create your identity to be around the idea of projecting a visual appeal of sweetness because um, a lot of people are visualizing people. They just, you know, they hear bakery, that's a wide range of things. You need to accurately represent what you are. So we started thinking about it and we're like, okay, <clears throat> what is it that would tell a customer or somebody like if they post a picture of themselves at high caliber cardio and eating, what would somebody see that would make them say, oh, they're at high caliber cardio without them having to say a word. You know, you think of like the, um, the Bloody Marys with a whole chicken in it and shit like that. You know, that has a distinguishing thing for a plate, a location, um, to be able to, you know, give it an identity. Well, my guys came up to me and they said, hey, we want to do a high caliber hot sauce. We want to use ghost peppers and we want to make a, a wing challenge. You have to eat these wings in a certain time frame. And if you do that, you get a free cart race. I literally slammed my hands on the table and stood up and said, I fucking love it. Let's do this. And they just went passionately at creating 
some type of hot sauce and they did something and uh, we had league championships so we made some wings and we shared them with some people and people burned their mouth off and we got to laugh about it and they were like you know we're gonna serve it while we're in a gas mask and we should get a hazmat suit and everything and i'm just i'm fucking loving this because i'm watching my employees create an artistic representation of who they are and there's nothing more rewarding in the world than to watch somebody get excited about doing something for themselves and while this, it, you know, it might not be for themselves or doing it for high caliber carding, it's theirs. No matter where they go the rest of their life, they're going to be able to say that, that, yeah, I got to create this really cool experience where it was high caliber hot sauce and we had this whole thing that we did. Like, you know, Zach and Casey cut a, a tire into a hat for birthdays. And now we go over, we sing happy birthday, we put it on their heads and we, I mean, we scream it. We make it really awkward and uncomfortable, do a bunch of high kicks, punch in the air, probably forget their name or stop the song to ask their name and you know just being absolutely terrible and it's it's an experience and it adds to what our facility is and when you see people who create this stuff it's so rewarding to see their passion behind it so to get this coming out of the kitchen which has notoriously been a a divided section of our business has just been filling my bucket just absolutely making my heart happy so we, we realized that some of these things were being suppressed a little bit, and it ended up, long story short, we do not have a bar and restaurant manager right now, and we're actively pursuing looking for another one. Our bar and restaurant manager did a fantastic job of getting us to where we are, but we've, we want to go the next step. And so we took a dive, and you know we right, uh, took a deep dive into how are we going to do this, and we knew it was going to be uncomfortable for it when, when the situation arose. Um, but when it arose, we embraced it and Casey started ordering the guys in the kitchen, started building schedules. The bartenders started adding shifts and Tracy, my ad executive admin, fucking God save hers out there with a torn tendon in her knee serving at the bar so that we can get somebody covered until we get the bartenders in. Like the team just banded together and busted ass and is fucking making it work. When this process, we're realizing that we have some failures in our operations. And when we try to see how can we correct it? We're realizing that we don't have enough staff. We're falling behind because, I mean, we've got people knocking our doors down asking to give us money. And our biggest problem, no shit, our biggest problem right now is we have so much business we can't handle it. Now, I, I don't know any businesses that start that that's how they start. And they, especially three months in and no marketing efforts. It's a pretty promising thing to me to say that we're going to kick some serious ass in this business, especially when our, we get our, our shit together. So we went after, we're going on a hiring hiatus. We're bringing on the right people that can lead and manage our team so we can stop working in the business and we can start working on the business. We can focus on that expansion. We can look at how our act serving lanes, treating them one by one and having a different launch every 15 minutes and how tight that room is, is how shitty that works. It is just a terrible process. So we can actually break it down and say, how are we going to do this? Okay, here's the changes we're going to do because we have great fucking people doing exactly what this kitchen is doing and creating an artistic representation of who the fuck they are. That's what makes our business unique is that everybody has their own input on this business. We're never too set in our ways to say, nope, this is how you do it no matter what. We're always willing to hear that input. So we brought my wife on, Jalissa, full-time into events, and she is creating an entire different division of our company that's events that is just massively bringing in, I mean, God, I can't. I, I think seven, eight events being booked a day I, it would be a fairly good guess, and she's probably going to smack me in the back head and be like, bitch, it's double that. But 
like we so we realized okay we need salespeople we need admin and just keep adding and adding and adding and honestly every the business is there and it's sustaining and we're bootstrapping our money and we're growing our our bank while we're massively investing reinvesting of paying off a ton of our debts early like all of our credit cards are paid off now and um, all of our, uh, our we bought $10,000 more of uh, furniture and we spent another $40,000 on carts and just constant reinvestment into the business right now to do the right thing. Um, and it's just, it's growing like a freaking weed. We're at the point now where we're just like, let's decorate this bitch. Jalissa put it well. We have a giant fucking house party and every night we get to invite the most interesting people to be our guests to come join us to play. And I mean, I just love that idea because what's that feel like when you just, you have people coming in and just, they're partying. They're just happy to be there. It's, it's just it's fucking amazing. And the people behind it, the people who are working and busting their asses day in and day out, they're the ones who create it. They're the ones that put the smile on the person's face. You know, I was going, I was going through the uh, Facebook photos, the ones that were tagged in, and these people are like losing their shit laughing smiling happy it's never this fake smile like you get like oh i'm gonna take a picture next to this rock while i'm you know this big landmark rock like that shit doesn't bring you fucking joy yeah it's an experience but does that really bring you joy unless you're a big time history buff on something going the place the journey is what is the joy and our facility is a non-stop con continuous journey that's the transition right now that people are making is they want to be surprised. They want to have a unique experience. It's while you're scrolling on a phone. Every time you scroll, you don't know what you're going to see next. It's constantly new and unexpected and exciting. And that's the atmosphere we have to change. Zach and I got to go to, there was a uh, speaker for Meow Wolf. It's a big artistic in installation. And he talked a lot about creativity as the new, experience, as the new uh, economy. Um, and the idea is, is that if you're creative and unique, that's what people value. You know, experiences is where we're at right now, but that's where we're moving to. Um, and I thought it was just fascinating, his mindset on it, and I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and I asked myself, why is high-caliber carding something that people look at with a, what is this? This is interesting. This would be amazing. It's because of the, our experiences, the people that work there and the interactions that they have. You know, we have customers, Jesus, Mark, one of my best, I mean, just one of my best friends now at this point. He's our best customer, but easily he's he's one of my best friends now. He's creating different things in our facility that are so freaking nice. Like our, he's doing, you know, he did a high top for our uh, bar, our uh, top shelf. It's got like carding axles and brake rotors, and it looks like carbon fiber. It's you know, it's it looks amazing. He put these LEDs that lit light up on it. Um, he, they built this gorgeous bench, and they inset all of our bottoms up magnets with our logos and stuff like that on it, and they. Did a clear, clear acrylic across. I mean, it's just the coolest shit ever. So I'm looking forward to some be, someday being able to hand him the keys and say, hey, I want you to design the inside of this facility. I want you to create it like what you think it should look like because he's going to do a badass job and he's going to have a ton of fun doing it. So these, these, you see as you go along, you see this person would be really good at creating this and being creative here or interacting or engaging here and we're finding the fit of all our employees as we do that while we're creating all these territories god this is ridiculous so i wrote down a bunch of notes on you know to cover the changes and whatnot and some of the challenges that we have and <laughs> i haven't even touched them i just started talking and this is this is honestly what just comes spewing out and i wish i would have been able to interrupt myself from my busyness in my head a little bit more um, over the last month to be able to share some of this stuff with you guys. You know, I was telling Jalissa yesterday that 
the reason I don't do a podcast every single, you know, every week, like my goal is, which that's, that's sad. That's my goal. Um, it's because I always feel like I need to be in the mood. And I'll be honest, guys, the other day I wasn't in the mood. It was a day that I had the time to do it, but I just was not in the mood. I was fucking wore out. And, you know, I realized that I, I represent a lot of times that, you know, this is just so exhilarating and fun, but sometimes it's just fucking exhausting. Sometimes you're just tired. So I can't remember. God, it's, this is probably, this last Sunday was probably the first day I took off in probably four or five weeks would be my guess. Um, and, you know, I actually didn't even take it off now that I think about it. Um, we went to the facility for my wife's birthday and I basically worked getting everybody put in place. Not to get me wrong, I, I enjoyed the shit out of that stuff. Um, but it wasn't but maybe two hours after Jalissa and I left. She had dropped so many fucking realizations on me about this needs to change. You need to consider this and whatnot. And it was, she goes, can you imagine? This is two hours of us just not being there. Could you imagine what we could, what we could realize or how much more clear we could think if we took a day off every week or two days off like normal people? And it made me realize that I wasn't doing anybody any favors by trying to open and close every fucking day, seven days a week for a long time. Same thing with Jalissa. She's working herself to freaking death trying to say yes to all this business. And I realized I need to click that button that life isn't about what opportunities you get. It's about saying yes to the opportunities that you do get. And you get a lot of them. And if you say yes to them all, that's great. You're going to be very successful. You're going to be wore the fuck out. Sometimes you got to stop and say, is this worth my time? And pick and choose those, those values in that time. You know, some, you may offend somebody. They ask you to do something for them or to be involved with something, and you say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. I do not have the attention for it. But you know what's worse? Trying to do it with them and not doing a good job and fucking it all up. So I realized that I need to get better about doing things for me. So today, it's Thanksgiving. And, you know, I woke up, and I was pretty tired. I actually couldn't sleep very well, so I got up a little bit early, and I thought, you know, I had a goal at the beginning of this year. My goal was to drive that mini buggy or to make it street legal and drive it to my parents' house and back. But I'll tell you, every time I've driven it more than four miles, something catastrophic breaks. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, I can get that floor pan in there and I can drive that to Thanksgiving. And I'm like, no, no. You know what? You're going to miss that Thanksgiving dinner. That's irresponsible of you. You shouldn't do that. You got your whole family there. Why would you do that? But, you know, I've realized that over and over and over, I've been making the excuse of... Oh, you know, you told your dad you'd be here by this time, or, you know, you've got a lot of work to do. You shouldn't, you know, risk the chance of it breaking down, or um, it's going to be too late. You can't be driving at that late because it's going to wake people up and making excuse after excuse, <clears throat> ultimately just not doing what I set out to do for the start of the year. And I told my wife, I said, I, you know, I'd really like to drive that there because that was a goal of mine this year to, to drive it to my parents and back. And I feel irresponsible about it. And she goes, whatever, if it breaks down, we'll go get the, tra go get the trailer. It's not that far away. So today, threw the floor pan in, got showered, and she followed me, and I took off, went to my parents' house, and it was nerve-wracking at first. I mean, every single second that I was giving it throttle or applying the brake, I was waiting for something to break. Every car coming down the road in the opposing lane, I'm picturing the left front wheel coming off of it, and it's swerving me in front of it, and it just exploding on the, in, into a, the front end of a car, and my wife and daughter watching that happen. That's pretty fucking terrifying images to have in your head while you're going down the road. But I kept the throttle. I kept pushing. And you know what? I made it all the way there. Not a single fucking issue. And God, did that feel good. Something I was 
trying so hard to achieve for the year. I had a ton of goals. I wanted to launch this business. I wanted to test combat card. I want to finish my dad's Chevelle. I want to drive that mini buggy. I had all these things that I wanted to achieve this year and I made it. I was there. Half of it was down. You know, I got to still get it home. So it started getting dark and same thing, driving home, a little more comfortable, but still the same thing of when is a deer going to come flying out and murder me? And there was a shitload of traffic on the road, which was nerve wracking because I just, you know, you're your own worst critic. <clears throat> well, I made it all the way home. I pulled in the shop and I just felt accomplished. And I told my wife, I said, you know, that was a huge goal for me. And I think I'm going to work on the Chevelle next because if I can finish this by the end of the year, I'll have hit everything I set out to do at the start of this year. And that'll feel really good. So here I am. I'm in the shop while first recording a podcast because I really wanted to do that. And then we get my ass in gear and start working on the Chevelle. There's not much left to it, but I'm going to get it done. And it feels good to say that because I know I can do that. And I hope that you can do that same thing because it's Thanksgiving. So guess what? You have about a month away before a new year. And then there's the whole new year mew me. Well, we all spend about three days before New Year's Day to talk about what's your resolution going to be and give zero fucking real thought into it. Well, the reason resolutions fail is because, one, nobody actually plans it out, right? They don't think it through and take the steps and, you know, write down, here's how I'm going to do this. They just say, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to run faster. Okay, how much faster? How are you going to do it? What steps are you going to take? What tools do you need to do it? And it made me realize that resolutions are fucking stupid. Resolutions are rules. They are fucking stupid. It's a resolution is I can't do this or I have to do this. And it's a rule. Tell me one rule that you have to follow that is a good rule. Or no, I shouldn't say a good rule. A rule that you enjoy following. Nobody enjoys following the rules. They want to do what they want to, what they desire. They want to break out of that somebody telling me what to do or society holding me to, this is exactly how things are done. They want to have their own rules. So what do you do at the start of a new year? If you, if you want to do that as a reset button, what do you do? And I started thinking about it, and it's, it's not much different, but it's achievements. So resolutions are rules, yes or no's, do's or don'ts. Achievement is an end result. So if you think about the achievements you'd like to have, you can think, how will I do it? When will I do it? You know, so if I have a goal to run faster, okay, maybe I need to go, I need to set an achieve, my, my, my goal, my achievement that I want to achieve is I want to run in the Boston Marathon in November of next year, whenever the fuck it is next year. Well, you know what? There's a lot of things you have to do to get to the Boston Marathon. You can't just show up and run one day. You have to go to a bunch of different marathons and you have to be one of the top runners, so how do you do that? You start fucking running. You go out and you train. You get better shoes and you learn the rhythm of how you run and what your posture should be and, and how you breathe, all those different things and how much your vertical bounces and shit. Like I'm sure people who run are laughing their asses off at me because they realize I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, you do all these things so that you can get to that step. So you can lay it out and say, okay, I need to have... I think it's something like, you know, finishing the top 10th percentile of like 10 marathons in a year to get in the Boston Marathon, something ridiculous like that. So, all right, I need to do 15 marathons because my first five, I'm not going to get in that top 10%. So my first marathon, it starts in March. So I have three months to train for my first marathon. 
Once I achieve that first marathon, I know where my first my standard is, and I can say, okay, I did this, and I can't even remember what a good marathon time is, but let's just say four and a half hours. That's probably way the hell off. But anyways, so my next step is I want to get it to four hours and twenty minutes. I'm to shave ten minutes off. I need to shave, you know, thirty seconds off my my average mile. Exactly, you know, that's quick math in my head, which is probably completely wrong. But you get it, right? You get you you set the achievement. You can break it down to what exactly do I have to do, and you do those things. You break it down to bite-sized pieces. The thing, like I've said multiple times before, is the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So if you have a goal as an achievement in the end, you can't just say I'm going to be the best in this world at this and blink your eyes and you're the best in the world. Everything takes a a strategy and specific steps forward to be able to succeed in it. And, you know, it's it's the people that set out for the achievement rather than the result that seem to succeed more. So think about it this way, okay? So if I want to lose weight, what does that mean to me? If I lose a pound tomorrow, cool, did I do it? Or do I feel satisfied? Now let's switch it around and say I want to be the most muscular person in my in, in my business okay so anybody in employees working or whatever there is a that that is that is an achievement it's not just the the weight loss it's not the physical thing so think about it this way okay let's say actors okay i believe that people who are successful they they don't do it for the reasons what everybody else thinks you know they think like these actors and actresses they do it for the fame they do it for the for the money and yeah, there's some that probably do that, but you know why they actually do it? They do it because they fucking love what they do. So think about an, an, an actor, and I'm just going to go fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, right? He's a fucking fantastic actor. He gets in that mode. He gets that, he, he gets in that role and creates that personality, and he lives it, and he breathes it, and he owns it, and that's what he loves is the art that comes from that. The results of that love, that passion, people love passion. They love commitment. And with that, he gets money because how do we tell somebody we love them uh, with, you know, somebody we don't know without saying physically, I love you? You know, we, a product or anything like that, we give our money towards it. That's the, you know, the economy. That's what it is. Anything that I enjoy or love, I tend to push my money towards. So everybody thinks that they do it to become rich, but. I really don't believe the people who are successful do it for what most people think they do it for. I think they do it because they're passionate about the art behind it or the process behind it because you have to be. So let's think of these of these the, this uh, whole achievement versus resolution thing. So for me, I'm gonna set. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna set out exactly what steps I need to take to be able to hit those results. So. For the Chevelle, I lay it all out and I say, okay, I need to do an exhaust. I need to get engine mounts. I need to do different cylinder heads. I got to rebuild the engine. I got to do a wiring harness. I, I assign a time of how long it's going to take. And then I say, what month I'm going to do this segment? How much time I'm going to devote to it? And now I've got a plan to be able to set that achievement. So when you start thinking, we're, we're close, you know, we're, we're 30 days away from New Year's. Start thinking about what the fuck are you going to achieve in 2020? What difference do you want to make in your life and how are you going to see that happen? Because everything is a choice. Literally, it's just a fucking change of direction because the person at the top of the world is no fucking different than you except for they make a decision every day to move further in that direction. If I feel like, hey, you know what? The best I can do today is 
I, the best I can do is work at a gas station. I'm going to work at a fucking gas station. But if I believe in myself and say, you know, I can be one of the top performers in, you know, uh, in rap music. And you start going to the the you know the, the the late night underground stuff. Here I am talking like I know about what it takes to become a rapper. I have no fucking clue. But anyways, you get you do all those things that other people successfully have done before, and you ask them, you learn from them, and you will get there. So if you're breaking down the idea of the specifics of how can I achieve something, and you break it down into a very in-depth bite by bite piece, you're gonna have some amazing achievements in 2020, and I hope that for you. But understand that it's going to come. It's going to be exhausting. You're going to be wore out. And when that stuff happens, you need to take the time. You need to take the time to step away because you're a whole lot more productive being five days uh, productive, 100% productive for five days than 20% productive for seven days. And that's what it's going to turn into if you don't let allow yourself a chance to rest and think and breathe. Now, those resting days can be things with other achievements like the mini buggy for me today. I feel fucking refreshed. That's why I'm doing a podcast. I feel good. And I hope that you set achievements for yourself that are hard enough that when you succeed with them, they're not just something that you check off the list. They're something that make you proud. See ya.